Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex and I'm joined by Bernie Uche. Hello, my friend. How are you? How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I, could, I, I don't know whether that was going somewhere and then it didn't. So I, I, I apologize. That's all right. I, I mean, I like the concept. You know, one one stand sings the first bit. The other stand sings the second. It's just that's not a chant you can do it with. <laughs> anyway, um, I've got I've got an opening question for you. If you'll uh, if you'll engage, um, yes. you saw the uh, the Jack Grealish news. Uh, yes, I did. He's getting a massive contract with Gucci. Of all companies, Jack Grealish is going to be the Gucci man. Um, so two questions. Uh, okay, first one's first. Who should have got it? Alisson Maxima, hundred <laughs> percent. Like we all know, he was he he like he was the Gucci guy with the Gucci headband in France, and for marketing reasons or branding or you know the rules, he wasn't allowed to wear it. That's the Gucci guy. There is no other Gucci Gucci man. It is Saint Maximin. This is robbery of the highest order. So I'm 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 upset. I, I agree. I will give you a, an honorary mention of Oguchi on Nuevo. Uh It's literally in the name. Yeah, but Alex, they don't give brand deals by pun. <laughs> <laughs> well, they bloody well should. <laughs> um, okay, but second question is. If you were, let's say you're playing, right? And you get sponsored by a company, can be anything. What would you like to be, who would you like to be sponsored by? Oh, anything. Um, yeah. Well, before Elon became crazy, I would have said Tesla. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, with Apple because I have everything. I want everything that they ever make. So, right. Yeah. I would go them on the if I can answer the question in a side answer, which yeah, is like not? the sports apparel. Mm. I've always switched between Nike and Adidas, and I will go Adidas. Correct answer. Yeah. I, I don't, honestly, I don't know how you get your feet into Nike shoes. Not it's hard. They're so narrow. Yep. Yep. It is. It is very very difficult. So yeah. Adidas, I'm, and by the way, I switch between Adidas and Adidas depending on how I feel. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so much more comfortable. Yes, but yeah, the Nike great. ones are sexy sometimes, though. Like <laughs> they really <laughs> are. It's sexy but painful. It's yes. um, I suppose it's like wearing heels. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, how would you answer this question? So I was I was thinking about this, and I'm like. I don't want it not to be contrarian, but like I really don't buy much branded stuff. So I'd have to go with something like Lavazza because we get through a lot of coffee in our household, like a lot. And it, wow. it would really cut down on my expenses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. I can just get a lifetime supply of, of coffee. That would be good. Um, especially because it's, it's going to get more expensive with, uh, with global warming. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then, but yeah, if it had to be sporting, I have to go Adidas too because those mm-hmm. are the only boots I I can get my feet in. Low Not key, even I was like, my feet, they just you know. I was like, is he gonna go like the Pumas so he can say Puma Kings, or is he gonna go like Kappa to be like, you know, different? European. That's kind of where I thought you were gonna go, but yeah, Adidas is a safe bet. Yeah, 
Yeah, I did. I did like um, the lotto, lotto boots when I was a kid, but it was really just because they were Italian and like Serie A was was the best at the time and that kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in other exciting news, vaguely vaguely England related, um, the World Cup draw. Um, I I, I used England as the link because of uh, of Jack Grealish, but really, really, I want to talk about this from a from a Canadian perspective. Mm-hmm. Canada first World Cup since 1986, well publicized. And they got a tough group, but not an impossible one, right? So we've got Belgium, Morocco, and Croatia. What what was your immediate reaction? I saw people on Twitter who were saying, oh, my God, it's so tough. And I was like, well, I get the fact that Croatia were runners-up, I think, in the last World Cup. I get all that. But even with that, I don't rate them all that much. You know, especially now, I don't remember... Modric aside, who's really scary. Not that they're not more organized and can't beat the hell out of Canada. That's very possible. But <laughs> it's just, they don't strike me as, ooh, that's bad. Um, Belgium, yes. Of course. Uh, Morocco, I actually think Canada would compete very well with, with Morocco. Maybe even beat them. Um, so I, I think I think it's a good, respectable group. You know that that they're in. I have I have no no qualms about it really. And also, you kind of want to play against better teams anyway, and see how you really rack up. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, I I feel similarly. I, like I, I'm not I'm not confident. <laughs> I'm not confident that they'll go through. And I think I do think there there are a portion of Canadian national team fans. I mean, mostly in our kind of online pocket that are perhaps getting a little carried away with with the ability of this team CONCACAF qualifying I mean it's nothing to sniff at because Canada haven't managed to do it in in 40 years right but the level of these teams is not good it really isn't um even the US and Mexico weren't that good this time around so I think it will be very interesting if they can organize some friendlies against some you know proper teams um God, that was really dismissive. But yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> like they're going to need to play some teams uh, of of the quality that they're going to face in the World Cup, um, and then it w- it will be really interesting to see how they stack up. I, I do think the return of Alfonso Davies is back in the Bayern squad this week. That that is going to be massive when it comes to dealing with the the biggest teams. I yeah, and and I think to your point, I don't particularly think that Canada has to get out of the group. To, for people to be proud of them in this World Cup, right? Like, also, no. when you look at it, Alfonso Davies is, what, 20? I don't remember how, how old he is. He's, 21, maybe. Very young. He'll be, like, let's say, like, this becomes a learning experience, right? And then 2026 is obviously the one that Canada is hosting, right? He gets to 24, let's say. Jonathan David is 22. He, he's 26, the next one. Laren will be 30, the next one. Uh, what's his name? Tejan will be 26 the next one. They'll they'll be in their prime, where you can go. Yeah, I can expect more. But the 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 fact that this this team is here as it is, maybe Atiba will still be playing. Who knows? But they're they're, they're here <laughs> right now. To me, that's the achievement. Everything else after this is where it becomes interesting. Yeah, I agree. And in 2026, you you've also got a, a kind of generation of of local kids at TFC now, like breaking into the Toronto FC team now, that will then come in and fill those spots that are kind of taken up at the moment by average players in the in the Canada squad. So it's really exciting. I, I, I completely agree. They don't need to get out of the group to to make people proud of them. People are proud that they're there. To me, I'm just looking to see 
are you in every game? Do you have a chance, you know, of winning every game? Are you are you making it difficult for each opponent? And if they do that, then you know they might scrape through with with four points, maybe. That, that's probably the the most you're you're going to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, and anything else is a bonus. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. That's all. That's all that's um, required. England's group. What do you reckon? Uh, England was it U.S. Who's Iran, the and then one of, and then it will be Scotland or Ukraine against Wales for that last spot. Wales aren't already in there. No, um, they have to beat the winner of Scotland Ukraine, which wasn't played obviously because Ukraine was getting invaded. Oh, I somehow thought Wales were already in. Um, so this could be any way you look at it. This is going to be an international uh, <laughs> disaster. Um, I mean, Ukraine in there, UK, uh, England, US. That's interesting <laughs> itself. Uh, mm. Then Iran throw that in. That's an uh, that is a. I was going to say nuclear, but okay. Um, <laughs> Easy. Yeah, mm. I, I mean, it's it's a geopolitical mess that group. But um, look, the US are not. Very good. Also, this is not that U.S. from 2006, which even though they were defensive, I thought they had better players, personally. Um, and England were still suffering from not knowing how to use Michael Carrick and Owen Hargreaves and anyone who was a center <laughs> midfielder other than Jordan Lampard. Um, so I think they're more competent. I think the U.S. less competent don't really rate Iran. They should really do an easy job, but then again, it's England, so we'll see. Can't believe you don't rate Iran. <laughs> <laughs> what a hot take. I'm sorry to all my Iranian friends. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I saw quite a few takes about this being a tricky group, and I think possibly just because of the... It looks trickier because of the, the politics than it does because of the football. Like, I think England will have no trouble with this group. I'm not one to generally be like super confident about England's chances, but they are much better than all of these teams. I agree. I 100% I yeah. agree. Um, any of the other groups that that stood out to you? So we've got Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, Netherlands. Uh, all right, let, let, why don't we just do a, a quick who's going through, um, mm -hmm. just for fun. Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, Netherlands. Qatar, Ec Ecuador, Senegal, Netherlands. Netherlands and then Senegal. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope so. Qatar need to be dumped out immediately. <laughs> Their team is half Brazilian anyway. Seriously. Um, all right, Group B, we've done. Group C, uh, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland. Tricky one. Oh, I'm going Argentina and Poland. Mm -hmm. I, basically, only because of Lewandowski. Like, uh, Mexico, Poland for me is pretty... I think... Like in the Euros, Poland were like my dark horse, and then they completely shamed me. So <laughs> they were so bad. So this may not be a good good idea on my part, but whatever. <laughs> All right. So Saudi Arabia going through second there. Um, Group D: France, Denmark, Tunisia, and the other playoff game, uh, which I'm now blanking on. Um, shit, what are the other playoff games? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, France and Denmark, presumably. Yeah, uh, Christian Eriksen sort of re, 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 re I don't know the word I want to use, but you know, inspired Christian Eriksen. Mm. You know, scored two goals 
in over the international break and then got one against Chelsea. My God, like if he's if he's playing like this again, yeah, Denmark have a really good shot. So yeah, that's what I'm going with. He makes them tick. Um, group E, mm. Spain, another playoff. Ah, Germany we're, and we're Japan. letting that tick go. We're just letting that slide there. I was hoping you might. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, my, my, I mean, there are more. He sets the pace as well. Walk through the like, through the screen and slap you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say I wouldn't deserve it. Uh, Spain, uh, the other playoff, whatever that is, Germany and Japan. I don't think the other playoff matters. Spain and Germany. <laughs> um, Group F, we've done. That's Canada. Group G, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. That's a crap group. Brazil and I don't care after that. Really. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I would like Cameroon to to make it through, but I think it's just going to be boring in Switzerland. Um, and then H, you've got Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. That's actually, yeah, it's a bit of a toss up. That Portugal, Ghana, who and who? Uruguay and South Korea. Uh, oh God. I don't think that um, you can't say Ghana, can you? I, I, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I I can't. I can't do it. No, no. It's Uruguay, so, and Uruguay? Uh, I'll I'll handle the ball myself if I need to. All right, fair enough. Um, if someone there could knock Portugal out, that would make me amused, if not happy. I would love it, but with Ghana in this group. <laughs> I think I'll <laughs> too risky. Yeah, I think I think I'd I'd take um uh Portugal despite my Cristiano Ronaldo issues. Fair enough. Um do do you wanna do a few seconds on what went wrong for Nigeria then? Um I think a uh, hubris. <laughs> um <laughs> we really thought we were gonna roll over these guys. Um not enough creativity. Ozzyman had a few chances but nothing really created properly for him and Ghana had a good defense while we just let in some shitty goal like shitty goal yeah we just need better ideas we've got the players we've we've got the players we just need better ideas so who's the who's the next coach if they don't ask you um if they don't ask me it's like they okay so this is what's interesting there was supposed to be this coach i don't remember his name but some portuguese guy which is interesting um <laughs> but he his he was supposed to be hired after so sorry he was hired before afcon but he was supposed to take over after afcon but what i remember happening is that egwavan was doing really well in the group stages and they were like eh, fuck off <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sure there's more politics to it, but this is how I I understood it in, mm. in the time. Everyone was doing a really good job. Everyone thought Nigeria was gonna win. He threw that guy away. Nigeria lost, <laughs> embarrassed <laughs> themselves, and then they were like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is my version. I'm sure there's an actual accurate version of this story, but that's that's what I I'm rolling with. Well, I like yours. I mean, in in general, I feel like. You know, African countries, it would be great if it could steer away from these old European managers. That said, Paolo Fonseca really needs a gig. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd I take him. I I'll say this, though. I, I am happy that um, the last two 
African coaches to win AFCON are Aliou Cisse, um, yep. Senegal, and Stephen Kashi from Nigeria in 2013. So Af- we need more African coaches to do well. We just need to hire the right ones, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. Champions League. Manchester City won. Atletico Madrid, no. I saw a lot of a lot of people tweeting stuff like, do Atleti seriously play like this every week? And the answer is no, because <laughs> they don't play Manchester City every week. But it, it was a bit of a classic, a classic Atleti rear guard action. And I, I'm not sure they'll be too disappointed by only conceding one, really. I mean, this is what you kind of want, like against a team like Man City. They did, they did their job. I mean, what were people really thinking was going to happen? Like, uh, these <laughs> fans really don't watch anything else but Premier League? Like, that's that's disturbing. Um, the only problem was that they didn't have a shot in the game, which is, yes. I mean, even as defensive as they are, that's still kind of crazy. Um, but City were frustrated for most parts of the game, and it took what I thought, you know, people might look at it and go, whatever, cool, through ball, but I thought it was wonderful close control from Foden. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it was one of his first shots in the game or something. Like, first touches in the game. And that opened up De Bruyne. And it's that kind of silky control in tight spaces when all the spaces are tight (laughs) that you need to win a game like that. So, you know, props. Yeah, 100%. Foden was magic when he came on, man. Like, he really... Really, just came in. Um, it, like it, it was noticeable that he he didn't start mostly because Mo jumped on our thread and was like, "He's not starting." Um, but it, it was noticeable because um, he has been good. De Bruyne, though, he's just stepped up lately. Goals in the Premier League, goals in the Champions League. He he's he looks senior now, even though he's always baby faced, and he's kind of leading leading this team over the hump in the in the last kind of period of this of this season. It was a great finish. It was a lovely ball from Foden. Um Pep before the game did his like I'm gonna do a mad tactic speech. Um but then he played Rodri. But he did play Ake, so it wasn't without risk. <laughs> um I, Pep like, is getting really salty about things, which is funny. Um <laughs> I will say this. He played playing Rodri. I don't think he'll ever not play Rodri or Fernandinho again. I, I don't see him doing that again. That was utter madness. And he knows it, which is why he's being salty about it. <laughs> so we'll probably never see that again. And, and, and good on him for that. But some might say that not playing Foden from the start is a crazy decision. Um, I think it is. I think I think he's a wonderful player. I, I think in this kind of game, you need someone like him, as as we said. Yeah, I, I, I'm more interested in seeing what happens in the second leg because Atleti have to come out, they have to score, and there will be more spaces for City um, to exploit. So that, that's that's going to be fun. Yeah, will Griezmann play as something that isn't an auxiliary wing-back? That would be... <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I rate his work rate, but I'm just like, if you could just be a forward for a bit, that would, <laughs> that would be nice. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't expect... I'd like you to turn this around, but you know, you never know. Um, Benfica Liverpool, I thought was the the more interesting game, really. Um, 
Liverpool flew into the lead, but then kind of stepped off it in the second half. Canate put them ahead with the header, but then made a hilarious mistake for the <laughs> for the uh, Benfica goal. And and your boy Darwin Nunez with the finish. And you got to take your chances when, however you get them. So I'm 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 happy for the guy. And look, I was watching this, and his awareness of space is very very good. There was um when it was two one, so. Konate scored the first goal. You're right. Then Mane out of some off some good work from our boy Luis Diaz. Um, oh, the what's a ball from Trent? Yes. Jesus Christ! Brilliant ball. So okay, let me let, let, let me get to this. I hate on Trent because he's a rubbish defender. But the one thing I really really like about Trent is that he's incredibly direct. And people, we talk about the crossing show and all this stuff. Man just says, "I want this ball in the box to this man over here." And I and that's it. And that's the type of football that I personally like, which is get the ball laser, and laser move guide. it. Like just move it. I'm not interested yeah. in one, two, three, four, five. Uh, I'm not. I I'm, I don't really care about that like that. Like move this ball. Like and Liverpool do that. I always said the way that Liverpool plays or the way United wants to play, as opposed mm. to tip top stuff. So I enjoy watching them in that in that context. And this was like that, but. Darren Nunez was exposing Liverpool defenders left and right, but his play, he wasn't getting the ball. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I frankly, I, I thought you know when when you look at the teams, Benfica, you know, it, it's staggering that they've come this far with Otamendi and Vertonghen at the back. Like they, they've been good for Benfica, but it, it's kind of easy to look at them and be like, feel that it's a bit ridiculous. Um, Vigal in midfield's all right, but you know, to wrap as your people... DM, this is a shambles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and you know they've got a bloke called Everton on the left, and that, that's never a good sign. Um, it, oh, there was one moment, by the way. I don't know if you saw it, but he Everton went went through, and it was a break, and it was like a two or three on one, and Van Dijk just did that thing where he stood in the position where this, the forward didn't know what to do with the ball, mm-hmm. and just like waited for him to make a mistake. It was it was just perfect defending. The guy's just too good. So was there something else you were gonna say? <laughs> yeah there was. I I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> um <laughs> I was like, are we doing a minute silence for the attacker because of what Virgil Van Dyke did to him? We should. It was embarrassing. <laughs> um but I, I thought Thiago was was excellent. He's been excellent all season. Um, yeah, Diaz kind of a, a weird game, like up and down, but he kept causing the problem and problems, and then uh, got the goal in the end. And another another um, example of goalkeeper just inserting himself into a situation he didn't need to be in. Yes, getting round. Make better decisions, goalkeepers, please. Uh, you're ruining the game. Uh, bring it into disrepute. But I I also get. As much as I'm admiring this Liverpool team, I'm also furiously jealous that I'll say this. I think they are the best in the business when it comes to transfers. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's close. Because if you look at Man City, they just spent hundred million on Grealish for no reason. <laughs> like, yep. let's be honest. For no reason whatsoever. They spent forty million on Ake for no reason whatsoever. Like, as much as they do get a lot right, obviously, and they have a manager to boot. They waste a lot of money trying to get it right. I feel like Liverpool have not wasted a single pound 
in the last couple of years. Even if you consider yeah. Simicast as a bench player, whatever, man, he's on the bench. He's doing the role he's supposed to do. I can't. And he cost like what three packets of crisps. So... <laughs> right. Yeah. I I can't tell you one one player that I can remember off my head that is an abject failure. Like maybe they're like not that okay. Keita is not very good. Has not been very good, but also been injured a lot. But sure, fine. He's done what fine I... this season. He's all right. 60 whatever million they paid no i can say that one's a bit of a fail sure fine but i would say the injuries maybe affected that a bit more than the fact that he's not like not a good fit for the team if you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's just they're I, so I, I think you have to go back to oxlade chamberlain and even then they got some good performances out of him it was just a bit of an odd decision from a fitness perspective like you could see how he would fit with them and for for a little while he did but he was always injured and what's funny is before this whole new Michael Edwards and Klopp and the, when once they got but once they got the system right, remember before they were spending money on idiots. <laughs> oh yeah, man. They were really oh, yeah. doing rubbish. And one of them, Jose Enrique, who's been tweeting recently, like <laughs> a lot. You know, he was an example of rubbish. <laughs> so I, he was horrendous. I he so he tweeted. If anyone hasn't seen this. If anyone doesn't remember who Jose Enrique was, just like the most bang average left back that Liverpool ever bought. Um, and he wasn't skinny himself, but he recently tweeted that Luke, like, is it me or is Luke Shaw overweight? I'm like, have you not been watching football for the last five years? Like, this, Luke Shaw's always been like this, but like, it, it hasn't affected his footballing ability. He just is this way. <laughs> It's like when Rooney was pudgy. Like some guys are like this. You just have to accept they're jiggly, but they, you know, they get stuff done. Like it's just how it is. You shouldn't be body shaming people, Jose. Come on. Even though I just called a man uh, jiggly. I, I don't know, man. Pudgy is a top word. That is that's well used. <laughs> uh, but you didn't say jiggly in a in a menacing way. It was uh, in a. You know, a jolly way. I'm, I'm giving them credit for being that that way and being able to produce. Like, hundred percent. Luke Shaw was one of the best left backs in the world last year, despite the pudginess. Like, do you? Jose Enrique literally never reached even half of this level. Like, let's be honest here. Yeah, it's true. Uh, in the Champions League tomorrow, Chelsea, Real Madrid, and Villarreal, Bayern Munich. Um, it's easy to just look at Villarreal, Bayern Munich, and be like, six 0 Bayern. But Villarreal have have been difficult to beat so far. Four 0 Bayern. All right, fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just want Alfonso to to have a, a gentle return. That's all I'm looking for. Same. That's if he if he plays. Um, Chelsea Real Madrid really interesting though. Chelsea we'll we'll talk about it in a second, but off the back of a four one drubbing by Brentford on the weekend. Um, Real Madrid, not sure what they did on the weekend. I assume they won. Uh, but, oh, yeah, yeah, they did. And Benzema scored like his 34th, 38th goal in all competitions oh, that's this ridiculous. season. That's ridiculous. Just just insane at 34 years old. Um, I, I can't call this one. I don't know what Chelsea are doing right now. It does feel like, you know, the, the mood around them has changed since the takeover stuff. Um, but I, I also am not going to write Thomas Tuchel off in a knockout competition. Yeah, this is the kind of game that you want, where both teams are a little bit dodgy, and 
I don't know who's going to defend, who's going to decide to attack. It, it's it's going to. I think this is going to be very fun. I, I I think I'm very excited to see how this this works out. I'm not confident in Chelsea's defense. I'm not also not confident in Chelsea's attack. <laughs> I'm not confident in Real Madrid's defense. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Maybe Real Madrid win like two nil or something, but maybe I don't know. It's a tough one. I I just I keep picturing Nacho and Alaba giving Lukaku chances and Lukaku just fucking them up. He better not play. They better go Havertz. Like they better go Havertz here. It has to be Havertz. Oh, also, it has to be. What what was that tweet about Havertz that you? We're talking about earlier. Um, someone said, "Lol, he he reminds me of Dracula on a on a balance, but on a bit more balanced diet." <laughs> and I looked at yeah. his face. I was like, "I can see it. I, I, yeah, I, I can see it." It's a good shout. He's got nothing on Unai Emery though. No, nothing at all. <laughs> Unai with a slick back. Nah, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. That is the that is the Champions League. Um. In the Premier League, I mean, we'll, we'll use that to, to go to Chelsea 1, Brentford 4. Did you see this? Like, what were they doing? I mean, Brentford were good, it, but you, ju- you just don't expect this from Chelsea. This, so this was the kind of game I was watching it, and then Chelsea score, I go, oh, okay, that's that, whatever. And and, mm-hmm. and it was a hell of a hit from from Tony Rudiger, who's literally trying to get every team in Europe to make the biggest mistake of their lives, as far as I'm concerned. Do you think? I don't rate him. No, I don't. Like... I, rem- I like the thing is my memory of things that we say on this podcast is very very good, mm. and I remember before Tuko being like this guy sucks. Agreed. <laughs> and I know why because I was using my goddamn eyes and watching how bad he was, <laughs> and now a manager comes in and he plays well, albeit in a back three, but he does play well. Yes, apparently he's the most in demand defender in Europe. I I know a smoke screen when I see one. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I- I know what you mean. I so I was with you. I didn't rate him. Tuchel came in. We've seen a whole different side of Rudiger, like a whole different side of Antonio Rudiger. Does it mean he can only do it in a back three? I don't think so. I, especially if you put him in a in a slightly easier league. Like, I, d- does he improve Real Madrid's defense right now? Even in a back four, unequivocally, yes. Just I, get this Nacho. Stuff out of here, okay? like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not having it. Real Madrid. Well, is he better than, um, say, Edward Militao and Alaba? I don't know. Only because maybe he's the only one of them that's an actual centre-back. <laughs> I mean, Edward Militao, <laughs> yes, sure, fine. <laughs> but, like, Alaba is trying to just... He's he's basically running Madrid right now, however he wants to. But... Yeah. But, but <sighs> that, that's an interesting question. Like, let's look at the other clubs that want him. So, like, Barcelona are interested because he's on a free transfer. It's as simple as that, right? <laughs> um, Juventus. Chiellini may be retiring end of the season. You could do worse than replacing him. He improves they, they them by default. Transfer. Yeah. But that's the thing. I feel like all these clubs, he's improving them by default. Not because he's like, remember when everyone wanted Koulibaly because he was apparently like the second best defender in the world or whatever. Like, that's if that's what I'm expecting here. Meanwhile, Rudiger is just, oh, he's pretty good. And like he's, he's available. <laughs> it's like Barcelona chasing Christensen. Like, no, he's not that. Like, no, I'm sorry. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. But but Barcelona just want anything that, that, that's available on a free. Like, it's literally just that. Like, Christensen, they're going to have to spend pretty good money on him, presumably, 
and then what the long-term future is Christensen and Araujo once once PK I mean he's never gonna retire but once he retired like I it's hard to see Barcelona basing their team around Christensen but you could see Juventus basing their defense around Rudiger for a few years you know what I mean I, I think I also have a problem with Rudiger and that he does this like fake tough guy thing so much that I really like I feel like he'll get found out like regularly against good strikers in a four and I don't think there are many good strikers in the Premier League right now. Sadly, I don't. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a striker who would, who would bully him. If he physically not so much, but, okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll watch out for it. Um, but Brent Brentford's man, like this was at the bridge too, and it's easy just to be like Christian Eriksen has made them a lot better, but Christian Eriksen's made them so much better. Like, they couldn't win a game before he showed up. And now they've won the last three, is it? I think. I think it's something crazy like that. It's it's incredible, man, how they've how they've been doing. And in this game, it just felt like, this is one of those games, right? Like I said, Chelsea score, you're like, whatever. And you, I'm, it's on, but I'm only casually watching it. And then all of a sudden, mm. I'm like, oh, Brentford on the attack. Oh, it's a goal. Hmm, okay. Oh, it's a goal. Oh, and it just kept happening. It's like what? They were they were literally cutting through the Chelsea defense as if Man Mans was not there. <laughs> it's true. Um Oh man. Completely forgot what I was gonna say. Again. You might want to get that checked, Alex. I actually might. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um but Brentford, I think they'll be Pretty confident of being safe now. They've got 33 points. Yeah, they're 10 points. It's clear of the relegation zone. Nine games to go. They're, they'll be fine. Can they get Christian Eriksen to stay? If I'm him, I would stay. <sighs> Not sure you would, though. I mean, again, I'm a little bit of a sappy person. But, you know, no one else <laughs> wanted to take a chance on me considering my heart issues. You know what I mean? Back in England where a lot of people like to play football. It's kind of near London, right? I don't know. You tell me. Brentford is yeah, kind of near London? Yeah. Yes, London. At this point, like, what do you want? Like, I, I, I would stay. I don't need to move, get on a plane, go to Italy or Spain or whatever. It's fine. It's fine. So, it sounds like he's he's going to have offers from other Premier League teams. Um, specifically, Spurs and Man United are supposed to be supposed to be tracking him. I think he'd be a very good squad addition to to both of those teams. Um. Although, I don't know that you can play Christian Eriksen and Bruno Fernandes in the same team. Um, especially with Ronaldo around. It might, that might be completely pointless. Nonetheless, see, I, I kind of agree with you. Given what's happened, you'd think, take the chill option. But when it comes to, like, January next year, and he's slugging it out in Brent, with Brentford, losing most of the games, and just, like, fighting to be in mid-table... With the talent he has, as long as his health is fine, he's going to be like, what am I doing here still? I will say this. <sighs> One thing about Man United is that there's not been a good sub for Bruno Fernandes. There was the ill-advised attempts at um, Donny van der Klassen to put him there. <laughs> that has never worked. Um, and even now, even with the 4-2-2-2, 4-2-3-1, 4 3 there's just been no one to cover for Bruno Fernandes. Still. Should have been Lingard. Well, we all know how what, what's going on there. I think, now that you've put the idea in my head, and this shows I have not followed United transfer 
stuff only to debunk certain things. Um, I did not know there was a link. That's actually would be, in my opinion, pretty smart. Erickson can't expect to play every game with his heart issues. Maybe he shouldn't play every game. Um, he can give Bruno a rest. He's a kind. Of, he is the kind of guy who I like in that I get the ball, play a through ball. Like it, it could make tactical sense, and it could be you know for a free transfer. Wow, you that's a great idea. I'm glad you thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would never willingly link this man to Manchester United, but I've, I've read it. And uh, yeah, there would be worse ideas. Really depends on who the manager is. If it's Pochettino, uh, I'd put put a little put a little money on it because he loves him. He absolutely loves him and, and you know, rightly so. Um, fine. Man United won, Leicester won. Uh, I won't make you discuss this in much detail, Good, but basically you. it was crap. Yeah, rubbish. Just rubbish. I thought Leicester were better than they have been lately. James Madison looked good. Totally expected that uh, them to be better. James Madison's delivery is unreal. Like mm-hmm. that cross for their goal was ridiculous. Like difficult header. The left. Yeah, on his left. Difficult header from senior man. But like, what a ball! My God. Um, sure, you had equalized past the Fred. Well done, but. Ah, it was a slog and a hard game to get through. They could have won if Elanga didn't tackle Rashford at the end. <laughs> but it was, it was spectacular. <laughs> Rashford was about to score an absolute golasso, but and then he got tackled by his own man. It just sums up the season absolutely Afterward. perfectly. <laughs> Afterwards, Rashford would be like, "Man, like with the time I've had, you couldn't just." <laughs> Let's get out the way, mate. Let's get out the way. But I do want to say one thing. This is going to be a very hot take because of the narrative. But Varane has been worse than Maguire in this season, in my opinion. Maguire has made high-profile mistakes. But in terms mm-hmm. of over the course of 90 minutes, who's got the most interceptions, who's got the most tackles, passes, all the things that you expect to happen, Maguire is literally in the action while Varane is running away. And in this game, we were like, what is this man doing? Like, he, like it, it might be a, 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 you know adaptation period, not really sure where his teammates are, doesn't really know the tactics. It could be all those things, which I can accept. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I can deal with that. But man looks like he doesn't even know where he's supposed to be half the time and flat-footed, and that is a problem to me. It is... It is weird. I, I, I will, you know, you, you would want someone like Varane, who's played at the top level, the top, top, top level for, you know, his whole career, basically. He's 28 years old, I think. You'd have thought that if there was someone that could come in and hit the ground running straight away, it would be someone like that. As you said, prepared to accept that there may be, that might not be the case. Maybe he needs a year. Um, things at United have been really fucked up. The team is dysfunctional. Who knows what their tactics are going to be next season? Who knows who the manager is going to be? So there are all these things. But you're right. He has been bad. And it, it, frankly, if I were Lindelof, um, who put together, you know, with Maguire and, and Wan-Bissaka and Luke Shaw, one of the best defenders in the league for a couple of years, I'd be pretty pissed off that I've spent most of the season on the bench. He's been the best of, of all of them. <laughs> So the fact that he can't play is is interesting because Maguire's captain and and Varane is Champions League Varane supposedly or Conference League Varane next season depending on, on where these guys are gonna finish. Well, what's he called? Baguette Smalling or whatever. Wee Wee Smalling, Baguette Smalling. 
And, and and for the record, this is what I keep saying. I'm going back to Liverpool. I said this that Varane has been injured. He was injury prone last year at Real. He was in bad form. Blah 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 blah. Apologies to Ramos. Blah 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 blah. blah. All this stuff. And I said he might need some time. And people said, Ooh. like, literally, I was harassed. Like, it, it was cancel culture in a group chat. That's what it was. And, and one guy came and said, no, he's right. He's wee-wee smalling. And if you actually look at him from a distance, and I, I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. Look at him from a distance and remember smalling under Van Hal and the way he, they count their steps before they pass, the way the ball never goes in a straight line when they pass, and their body nature. I get it. I see it. That's all I'm saying. I see it. Okay. Um, you have two apologies to dish out. Oh my the God. first one, the first one is to Sergio Ramos. So I'll, I'll let you go ahead. That may have been a heat in the moment <laughs> statement <laughs> that I made. Um, but okay, you know what, Sergio, I will apologize to you because because <sighs> we thought Varane was cleaning up for him. Yes. And Raul Kovapole jumped on my tweet and said, I've been trying to tell you it was the opposite way the whole time. <laughs> and I can understand it because, quite honestly, a lot of what Maguire had to do in this game was clean up after Varane. And it, I've, I've noticed it. Varane likes to step up, though he should be the one cleaning up because he's not as good on the ball as any of Lindelof or Maguire. And then they have to try and bail him out. So maybe Ramos was doing this more than I thought. So, Sergio, you just got old. I apologize to you for slandering you, even though you are shit currently. Not even playing currently. Exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, What's the other apology? I'm, I'm getting there. Um, Tottenham five, Newcastle one. Um, Who am I apologizing? Did you see? First? Did you see Kuti Romero, man? Like, oh my, God. absolutely outstanding oh as he God. has been four weeks, and you laughed. Oh my the, God, the kid. Is a brilliant. Is footballer. this the apology I'm supposed to dish out? Are you serious? Yes. Are you yes. serious? Against yes. <laughs> playing against Newcastle? Get out of my face! <laughs> it's been every week for a few weeks. It, and okay, it's not just listen. As a defender, he has you know one one or two uh, touchy areas. Mm-hmm. One is that he's extremely aggressive, and so that's going to end up in in a few bad tackles and, and red cards per year. The other is that aerially not particularly dominant Mm -hmm. so i'll give you that right he's not a complete defender he's never going to be virgil van dyke what he is though is a footballer like this guy is a midfielder playing at the back he can pick passes he's quick he can make runs he joins the attack he plays out beautifully like he is he he kind of reminds me of um i don't know like a a hullet almost like he's a very complete footballer if not a complete center back if you know what i mean i'll let you have that I'll let you have it. Only because only I don't believe you, but I'll let you have it. It's fine. Don't believe it. Unbelievable. All right, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, it was uh, it was a um, game, literally a game of two halves. Clive, Newcastle went ahead um, with that dodgy free kick. Um, I'll admit, Hugo Lloris had a had a terrible moment there. Mohamed would want me to. Mm -hmm. Um, But the second half, like. I'm not sure what Newcastle were playing at, honestly. The first half, they, they sat in a fairly low block and just tried to contain, and that worked okay. It was hard to see it lasting for 90 minutes, but it worked okay. And then the second half, they just thought they could come out and play or something, man. They came out and they pressed, and like that's exactly what Conte wants you to do so that they can pass and do their little moves through you, pass through the lines. 
and Spurs just obliterated them in the second half. And I thought Eddie Howe deserved it, frankly. I think they just realized that they are, um, what's the word? <laughs> Eddie Howe team. <laughs> They're like, we've been pretty competent for a couple of weeks. Uh, we're an Eddie Howe team. And um, let me present to you proof of such. They've lost the last three in a row. 1-0 to Chelsea. Sure, fine. Okay, that mm-hmm. happens. Losing to Everton. I'm sorry. No one does it anymore. <laughs> Disgraceful. <laughs> and then 5-1 to Tottenham. Eddie Howe is back, baby. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> and now Wait, they play Wolves we... next. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Get dodgy. Can we, can we put them back in the relegation scrap? Yes, bro. Yeah. We can? They're, wait, they're nine points clear. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <sighs> they're just about safe, and then they can make competent transfers and get up there again. So, yeah, disappointing. Um, the top four race, though, uh, it's it's getting roly poly. Uh, so Spurs with that win moved into fourth. Arsenal had a chance on Monday night to go back ahead of them, and promptly got battered by Palace three nil. Um, it, <laughs> it, this was a very bad performance from Arsenal. Um, I thought Palace were very good. Uh, they looked like a team that had prepared extremely well for this game, knew exactly what they wanted to do, knew mm-hmm. exactly what they, how they wanted to ruffle Arsenal up. Um, Vieira did his homework. They were so aggressive. I mean, Palace are always aggressive, but they were just fucking on it, man. It felt like Arsenal never started the game. Like... Yeah. They got hit from the beginning, and they're like a punch-drunk boxer from the get-go, never regained your bearings, couldn't figure it out, and it was done by halftime. Like, I think Arteta probably said, guys, it's all right. We'll, we'll take this one. It is what it is. Let's move on. You know, sometimes those, we get those days. <laughs> I don't know. He was he was furious afterwards, talking about having not doing the basics and this and that and that. And I, honestly, I thought... I wasn't surprised by this game because everything has been going extremely well for Arsenal and arguably ahead of schedule, given the the age of this team and how quickly a lot of those players have settled. Um, The new players, rather. They just, they they were due a loss at some point. They haven't lost a game for for quite a while. Um, It it was slightly dramatic, but I can't say I'm too surprised. And I'm not particularly worried about it either like I, I fully expect them to go and beat brighton on the weekend um i'll say this brighton won't score a goal no they'll get a lot of xg though <laughs> <laughs> good for that can they cash that in like can they... <laughs> you should be able to trade like if you get you know plus 10 xg can you trade that in for like half a goal or something i don't know they need they need to do something yeah yeah You'll you'll definitely beat them. Although maybe Mope might do something crazy, but hope I, yeah. it's the one fixture that Arsenal play, except for United. That I'm like, I hope you beat them because I don't like Mope as much as <laughs> you don't like Mope. So I, I appreciate that very much. Um, yeah, Brighton nil, Norwich nil on the weekend was about the most predictable result <laughs> <laughs> anyone could have uh, put together. Similarly, I thought Liverpool two, Watford nil, and City two, Burnley nil. Just like easy regulation wins for the best teams. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh, can we do the fun one? Yes, please. 
West Ham 2. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Lord. This was, I mean, it wasn't a walk in the park, but it was a sh- Michael Keane, like, oh, my God. Bad football. Man. He's so bad. And you know what? I'm not even sure if he's really, like, if he was that bad, because obviously at Burnley he could defend. But if you're a Burnley player, you obviously can. He kind of makes me nervous about my Tarkovsky bet that he's going to be a good player because maybe it's just in Burnley they can defend and they come out and they're really shit. Yep. But listen, Everton are bad. Their players are bad. I agree with Lampard in the sense of they don't have the mentality and the diehard attitude. They just don't. Even Dominic Carvert-Lewin, who's their number nine, doesn't have it. I'm sorry. I get that. I will say this. If you're a good enough manager, you get it out of them, in my opinion. And do, yeah, listen, I, I, think I don't want should. to be a broken record, but would they play better under Big Dunk? Would he get it out of them? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, listen I, I, I laughed at Ancelotti because... You know, end of the day, he made he made no difference. <laughs> end of the day, but he did get them, like at least in the beginning, to do the work. Can you get them to do it over yeah. the course of nine of like a full season? Is the question. I'm not saying Big Dunk can do that, but they will fight for him. I, I, I'm certain of this. Frank Lampard, I need to look at him and they go, "Fuck this guy!" Like I, I yeah. honestly think that's their reaction to him. I agree because that would that that's exactly what my reaction would be. <laughs> I, I'm like, <laughs> I, I I've seen nothing from you managerially to suggest that you should be in charge of this team um you famously can't organize a defense you slag us off in the press every week Mm -hmm. um i I just i'm not sure what there is to hang your hat on like where would you get your faith as a player even even the players that he brought in like he brought in deli alley made a whole big deal about it and hasn't played him for a minute i mean it's just a, such a weird situation. It's a weird hire. I, they're just going to have to try and hope and pray and scrape through to the end of the season. And then, I would, frankly, I would just sack him. And start again. <laughs> of, of all the ex-players who've managed recently in the Premier League, from Arteta to Solskjaer to Lampard and now Gerrard, I can't remember, oh, Vieira, let's add him in there. Mm. All of them could organize a defense. Except for Frank. <laughs> like, I never expected Arteta to be a defensive mastermind. He has proven that. Vieira yep. is, is getting the flair and the solidity of Palace. Solskjaer had the best defense in the league for two years or whatever. Lampard has not shown that he can organize, like, his desk. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable how annoying. And they thought this was how we were going to get out of our relegation issue. You went from Rafa to this? Unbelievable unbelievable downgrade and there's still a chance as they go down there's still a chance that run-in is catching up with them Watford are shit but it's still possible (laughs) I'm still holding on massive massive game tomorrow uh tomorrow Wednesday um 6th of April Burnley against Everton it is it is the the proverbial six-pointer man like this is a massive game. If Burnley winners, Everton are absolutely in the shit. And Sean Dyche has told his team that they need to kick the ball in the net. So yes, please do that. Watch out, Everton. Please do that. Watford play Leeds though, so and they're home to Leeds. Mm. That could be big. 
not that they'll drag leads anywhere, but we need that. We need no. those three points for, for Watford. We need it. I need Watford to, yeah. to survive and Everton to go down. Oh, the agendas. The And we might have to do a two-hour pod just to celebrate <laughs> the agendas on display. It will be a feast of Lamp- Lampard's carcass, a feast on Donny's carcass, and a feast on Pickford. That free kick, my God, he's so short-armed. Unbelievable. <laughs> he could have saved it if he was a foot taller. <laughs> I'm going to volunteer you for this because I'm confident you you will agree. Um, if Everton get relegated, we'll get drunk on the pod. Done, done. <laughs> <laughs> and I will tag. I will. I will tag Everton. I will tag any Everton fan group on Twitter. All of them. Oh, I'm. You know what we'll do? We will read. We'll have a reading of our article. Just a reading. <laughs> and each comment. <laughs> Oh, Excellent beautiful, stuff. beautiful. Um, speaking of, you, you did mention Gerard there. Wolves beat the beat Villa two one on the weekend, and Gerard did say basically like he basically said you're either with me or against me. He was like, I'm going to turn this around, and if these players can't help me turn it around, then I'll get new players. I thought that was a bit Lampardian. <laughs> They're both the same. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> also they've lost three in a row. Like let's yep. let's and 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 I'm gonna call him out because every time he's not here, I'll say it. Monad was like, "Oh my God, they beat Southampton. They should have done that." George is doing ma- magic, and then they lost three in a row. <laughs> like, stop! We need to stop praising these people before they've proven themselves worthy of anything. Like, we need a season. We need a season before you say anything about this guy. Please, I beg you. <laughs> he will point to his record in Scotland, which was obviously fantastic, but. In terms of what he's done with Villa, it did it did look very promising early on, but it's since proven not to be. His record um, is twenty games, eight wins, two draws, ten losses. This is not interesting to me. Like it's not horrendous. It's no. just not worthy of any praise whatsoever. Just because he's got a swagger in his walk, like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's Aston Villa. It, it's just it's Aston Villa. Um, yeah. That's that's pretty much it for the Premier League. So we've got Champions League tomorrow. We've got that that Burnley Everton six pointer. Um, it's a oh man. It's an exciting end to the season. Possibly not for Manchester United, but for for a lot of other teams, it's looking good. We've got a relegation battle. We've got top four battle. We've got a battle to not finish in, in the Europa and, and Europa Conference League spots because um, everyone wants to avoid that. And the title's still to be decided, man. With nine games to go, what more could you ask for? It's it's a great time to be a Premier League fan. Um, unless you really hate football like myself. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, and sorry, a, a quick shout out to uh, Kevin at K-S-P-E-I-C-H-E-R on Twitter. Um, your question was about Arsenal. Why were they so out of sync on Monday? So I, I think uh, hopefully we, we covered that. Um, basically, I don't know, but it was it was about time for, for them to be out of sync. So I'm, go. I'm going with drugs. Um, or drugs. Could have yeah. been drugs. <laughs> Who knows but, what they got up to on the international break? The helium. <laughs> All right, that will do it. Bernie, thank you. Oh, wait, Alex. Alex, what? one more question. What? Phil Fuller's yeah. quite good, isn't he? That's the question. That's it. Oh. <laughs> That's it. From uh, Will IGHL. Will it go? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just want to make um, sure we got that in there for him. No, thank you. And That's it. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. So. He needs to get a bit taller so that when they, when the players all cuddle, 
after they score a goal, it doesn't look so awkward. Yeah, because then... It looks then, like the rest of them cuddling a child. Yeah, he's, like, kissing their, like, chest, which is just weird. <laughs> yeah. And that is the image we will leave you with. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. All right, thanks, Alex. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Oh,